0: This is a crowd Podcast.
1: Hello, I'm Geraint Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Brought to you by Zwift, the indoor cycling app. Jump on your smart trainer and jump into Zwift. Closer or welcome. Tom, we're back for season three
0: and... Well, I'd say it's pretty massive, actually. It's our first pod where we're
1: face-to-face, in person. Actually, in person. I've got to be honest, when we started doing this pod, G, uh, two years ago, the situation around us at this point is exactly how I saw us, recording every podcast. So we are in a little cheeky bar in your adopted home of Monaco, We've managed to get ourselves two different drinks. <laughs> well, you're double parked, I'm all right. <laughs> you're only single parked because you've drunk your very large uh, pression faster than I have. We've also got gin and tonics. The the only surprise for me is it's taken two years for us to get to this point.
0: Yeah, episode forty one. Yeah. But to be
1: honest, where we're sat
0: now, there's there's a few tales from this uh this bar. Oh really? Yeah, back in when I went Nice twenty sixteen, um my parents in law came out and so I was obviously here. but finishing Nice, obviously, Paris to Nice, <laughs> and um, but Saar so didn't want to come over. Didn't want to like curse it because I'd had a few times where, well, things had gone wrong in that race. Let's say, um, so yeah, it was the last day, and then they basically came here and they started drinking. And as you can see from the gin tonics, they're pretty strong.
1: <laughs> they're substantial, aren't they? Hefty
0: portions. So yeah, they they started. At, I don't know what time. To be fair, probably around midday. And they'd had two or three, maybe four. And yeah, they were pretty well gone by the time I won and got back and we all went out for food, just the restaurant two doors down. And uh, a few guys were there, everyone that lived around here, plus my coach, Tim. And as you know, Tim Kerrison was quite a shy sort of straight laced. Yeah, sort of guy, you know, quite serious at times. He'd love to drink, but he wasn't sort of he's not dancing on tables, is he?
1: He would be one of those people enjoying other people dancing on tables. He's not <laughs> yeah. anti-dancing on tables. He just wouldn't initiate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's not the type to take a video either, though, and, like, share it with everyone. You no. know, he's quite respectful of that. They're not bad, them guys, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> look, how, look how stupid you were last night. Oh, yeah. Everyone have a look at this. But, anyway, um, what was I saying? Yes, we were here. We went out for food with everyone. And Ave, Sar's dad, was uh, just chatting to Tim, and you could, Tim, were just so, like, uncomfortable <laughs> and <laughs> he was trying to ask him all these like you know in what he thought were in-depth questions but he was absolutely bladdered, you know so yeah tim was just like get me out of here but uh <laughs> yeah so this is yeah taking a few uh scalps these gnts but yeah so i thought why not start episode three with a bang and come here and uh introduce you to this
1: Well, it's the perfect place to be. I couldn't be happier to be here. There is some delightful late autumn sunshine out there. It's quite different from the top bedroom in my house in Nutsford, where I usually record my leg of the podcasts. Um, But we are not just here to open out the series and to talk to a load of um, big name cyclists, because you and I have had this ongoing challenge. I think it's finally going to happen in the next couple of days. Yeah, I don't even know how it started, to be honest. It's
0: one of those things where it's just like, it's always been in the back of my mind, oh, I, we need to ride up the Madone, me on an old bike, you on a, a modern one, and then do a 5K run. So yeah, we're going to get that. It's Tuesday now. We're going to do the bike ride tomorrow, and then on Thursday, the run. Although, you did tell me a couple of weeks ago, your <laughs> best time for 5K. That was an was error. Yeah, I let the, 17 the and a half minutes. Yeah, it was 16, yeah. 16? That's just
1: ridiculous. <laughs> you no, know, so what we're gonna need to do, you need to run in flip-flops then. <laughs> Proper thongs, like, you know? You say that, but when we agreed that you would ride a very old bike, I was thinking about a, a bike from 1920. A I was thinking. Farthing. About a penny well, possibly <laughs> a penny farthing, or one of those early tour bikes where if you want to change gear, you've got your spanner out and you <laughs> put a different wrist pocket on. Instead, the bike that I believe you're riding is a Pinarello, which has been kept in unbelievable nick by Mr. Pinarello, um, yeah. and in no way looks heavy enough or rusty enough to give me a chance.
0: Yeah, to be fair, I can't remember the name of the guy now. I'm, when we do a video of the ride, I can tell you his name, but I think he won the Amateur Worlds on this bike in like the early 90s. So, and then I think it went into like the Pinarello workshop and was kept nice and sweet. So, yeah, it's still a big advantage. I lifted it out of, uh, well, Dunham Van Baal actually it over for me it's like it's gone around the hours houses this bike to get here but um i won't go into that but it's this hefty little thing
1: heavy how heavy
0: no idea i didn't weigh it but it's got to be at least 10 feet ke- well no
1: that's probably a bit too much it's heavy yeah and the down tube shifters and all this and that you know this is making me more optimistic because um when we mentioned this um on social media there were a number of replies uh, where people were trying to give me, uh, trying to conjure up a situation in which I'd, I'd have any sort of a chance to beat you up the Madone. A nice one was that you should wear six gilets. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking, yeah, maybe that the brakes would have to be like the old-fashioned court brakes, um, or that I maybe I could pour concrete into the down tube. Huh. So my feeling is this will be a, best case scenario for me is a 1-1 draw when we come to the end of this particular round of challenges. Yeah, well, to be fair, though, we-
0: I think you've got tubeless tires. You've Have got I? the full works, you know? Yeah. Electronic shifting. Oh, yeah. Electronic, yeah. The new Shimano 12-speed. Um, I think mine's like seven. <laughs> uh, the tires are weird as well, because, you know, these days you ride 28s. Yeah. Mil are these super skinny? Width. These are like 21, 21? 23, yeah. So um, it's going to be weird just riding it. You know, the the hoods, the brake levers, are quite far
1: down the handlebars. Yeah. So proper old school, so.
0: Looking forward to it, though.
1: Yeah. If you were going to take yourself out of this situation, so forget for a moment that you and I are racing at the Madone and you were going to give me my best tactics to beat you, what would those tactics be? Uh, well, you've you got to pace yourself. Don't go at it too hard. So,
0: you know, don't get drawn into racing too early. <laughs> um,
1: and then just maybe just pray. Just pray. Yeah, I, I got nothing for you, mate. <laughs> I was thinking of sitting on your wheel for as, as much as possible, not even giving you any conversation all the way up the Madone, and then doing some sort of death or glory like sprint with about 50 meters to go. I guess that's probably your best option. Yeah. Maybe uh, shoving you with my hand as I go past. Or maybe giving you a bit of chat from behind, you know? Yeah, get into your a head. legend, like <laughs> cricket style. <laughs> So we are recording this podcast on Tuesday. We've got our race up the Madone on Wednesday. We've got the five kilometre run on Thursday. Uh, we'll announce the results in next week's pod. In the meantime, if you would like to get in touch and give us the forfeits for the losers, um, that would be fine as long as I don't end up losing both. <laughs> in which case, I don't want know any of these forfeits whatsoever. Oh, God. Are we going to have a decider if it's one one So what will the decider be? We've talked about a, a potential swimming race, haven't we? We have, yeah. Yeah, but you're quite a good swimmer. I'm not bad. Yeah. (laughs) but You're talking about skinny dipping as well, aren't you? So I'm not (laughs) sure I can uh, Yeah, okay. be seen with that. We shall work on the decider if the decider um, is required. In the meantime, G, let's talk about what's coming up on Series 3. The plan has always been, when we've talked about this over the course of the summer, to make it even bigger, even better than Series 1 or 2. So do you want to drop in a couple of the names that you've reached into your contacts book for? Yeah, I think we got a stellar lineup to be honest, Tom. We got the best of the best of
0: the current riders, men's and women's cycling from Fred Wright, Remco, Eleanor Barker, Anna van der Breggen, who now a DS obviously. So uh, yeah, everyone's coming on. Plus a lot of big names from my own team and uh, others from outside of the world of cycling as well. So uh, yeah,
1: exciting times. Super exciting. And if there is a name that you would like Garen and I to speak to who hasn't come up on that list, just get in touch. We will do our best to line them up. Gee, you've got um, an excellent contact book or contact section on your phone. So we shall see how we get on. Remember, as always, to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and also to join our Facebook group. You'll find all the information on there about our weekly Zwift rides, our in-person rides, meetups and all the club business. Or if you've got something more to say, you can always drop us an email on GTCC at crowdnetwork.co.uk. We've got a brilliant team on the GTCC. Our club secretary, Louise, and our brand new social secretary, Archie, will be all over the email inbox. Right, G, should we crack on with the first episode? We've got quite a lot to catch up on. Let's do it. (laughs) Gee, I'm pleased to say we've got a very exciting offer for listeners of the GTCC, courtesy of one of the sponsors of this episode, Ruler Live. Ruler Live is the world's premier cycling event. Me and G went to it last year and we had a very good night out afterwards, didn't we, G? Well, I think it was before actually, Tom, which I think was our big mistake. Yeah, we were live on stage very early in the morning, weren't we, Garen, after a late night the night before. But it was a lot of fun. Um, We had an amazing time. We got to meet some of our listeners. We got to talk about the night out and other things. And this year, Ruler Live is going to be held at the Truman Brewery in London from the 3rd to the 5th of November. As before, they've got a star-studded lineup of guest speakers and over 50 of the best cycling brands all under one roof. There will be Friends of the Pod, Fabian Cancellara and Tom Boonen, as well as Lachlan Morton and many more. Just search for Ruler Live or ruler.cc to find out more and book your tickets. Plus, Ruler are offering GTCC members,
0: i.e. you listening right now, a two-for-one ticket offer. Just go to ruler.cc and enter the code GTCC two for one at checkout that's gtcc and the numbers two for one here at mindset win we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do
1: taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests we will hear stories strategies tips and tricks
0: told by leading names in sport and beyond
1: who know what it takes to get to the very top
0: there will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow
1: Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favourite podcast app. So Garon, it is mid-October. It is the point in the cycling season when you can order a gin and tonic straight after a large beer and not worry about the consequences. It's also the time of year where you have previously referred to it as um, when you break out your pregnancy wardrobe yeah so um to be honest i'm trying to keep that at bay at the moment
0: because uh as you say halfway through october but um the back end of october is where i got the the more intense off season shall we say where we go on going on holiday with sam max going to maldives that'll be lovely and then um yeah back in cardiff for a bit so that's the danger zone um it's a bit different off season to be fair because max is obviously in well nursery here so um we wanted to just keep him in nursery a bit just so he's not like going back a couple of steps all the time. You know what it's like, kids and that, crying and oh, brutal the first drop off. But anyway, yeah, so we're trying to keep him in in there a bit more consistent. So, um, yeah, we've basically the first two weeks of the off-season just been here, just um, chilling here and a bit more normal life, not as crazy as normal, so. There's certainly standing a good stead for next year, I think. So
1: nice. Well, we asked our fellow GTCC members to send in any questions they had for you at this point in the year. The first has come from Tim Williams, who must have seen a recent picture of you, on because Tim Williams' question is, "What the hell is going on with your hair?" <laughs> well, as you can see, it's pretty short now.
0: Um, well, short for me, it's probably be long for you, but it's. Um, has Sarah yeah, been at it with the scissors? She has. Last night, actually. Yeah. Thought I'd have a new pod cut you know <laughs> even though no one can see a podcast but you know it's all about the effort the vibe yeah at least i know i've put in the effort you know? yeah so even if people are my hair is pretty it's a big now. wig yeah Since <laughs> so so i chopped a load off but then you know when you have a haircut and it's you have a lot of hair and then it goes to not so much it feels so short yeah so um a bit self-conscious
1: at the moment so oh yeah. so tim you've made thanks for drawing attention Garrett's to it's life much worse yeah, Cheers. Tim. um let's look back on your summer So there were obviously some big results. We did our big Tour de France debrief straight after the race. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen. You can hear how Geraint completed his Tour 1-2-3 podium. Let's talk Commonwealth Games. So um, all the chat before the the road race that I got was, oh, this is a really boring course. Like, it's too flat, there's no climbing, nothing's going to happen. And in the end, it turned into a pretty insane race where um, (coughs) riders of different nationalities took it in turns um, doing the cycling equivalent of punching you in the face. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I kind of knew with the course, it was always going to be hard for me.
0: But um, yeah, obviously coming th- third in the Tour de France two weeks before, I knew people were going to be watching me. But um kind of managed to force a move uh, fairly early, actually. I can't remember exactly, maybe two or three laps into the race. So and the race was only three hours 20, I think, in the end, for 160 odd K, so it was rapid. But as you say, it was no climbing. And then, yeah, it was a bit like a glorified track race, to be honest. Like, that's how it felt, and it was just constant attacks. And um, unfortunately for us, as in Wales, I was the only guy there. So it was pretty tough, and you kind of had to try and choose your moments. And then I was hoping to try and make a move, but I was just gassed most of the time. So then I kind of just thought, right, go all in for one final big move at the end. Um, Because it was obviously going to come down to a sprint, and there was a few teams with teammates. England had three um you know South Africa had two uh who were the other big guys well they were the main the main ones really and then there was a track rider there there was actually a Kiwi guy Aaron Gate in the group as well and he had won maybe three medals on the track previously like that week before so he was obviously in great shape super fast and I was thinking this is you know great for him but what can you do you know when the other guys are gonna so I was trying to get away with a, an Englishman and a, a South African really so then at least those guys those teams wouldn't wouldn't chase but just for me to get a gap on aaron was just impossible almost because you know he's got a massive kick on him you know i'd just done three weeks riding around france so turns into pretty much a diesel even more of a diesel (laughs) than i am so yeah that was solid but yeah and it come down to a sprint and uh i just hit him under 2k to go um and then big ben teammate of mine from england thanks ben yeah just chased me down yeah cheers ben uh and then Luke Plapp, Australian guy, another teammate. He he closed the final <laughs> 20 meters, 30 Loyalty. meters. So, yeah, cheers. Thanks for that, Luke. So, oh, yeah, but no hard feelings, obviously, because obviously Ben was riding for his teammate, Fred Wright, who we will have on a future pod. Obviously, I think I came about eighth or something then, but it was a lot, all on a thing attack. You know, I'm either going to win this or, you know, come eighth. And, and oh. I was eighth, but uh, I was happy just like, you know, did everything I could with
1: what I had that day really, so. The more disappointing thing was the TT. Oh. So the TT, if you haven't seen this, it's worth going back to watch it because there was a corner as you came out of the park at the start that seemed to be the, the crash zone. Like that seemed to be the danger zone. And the riders who were maybe a little bit less experienced and not so good at handling their bikes, that was where they were overcooking it, coming out of the park. So <laughs> for those of us who wanted you to win, right, once you ne- safely negotiated that corner, there was a sense of relaxation. Um, which unfortunately was misplaced.
0: Yeah, because the very next corner. Right, um, well, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So the day before we do a recon, there's no barriers up. You just ride the course, and this was a one-lane road turned onto a, turned onto a three-lane road. Big runoff, you know, wide exit, you know, no brakes. So coming into the race, obviously there's barriers now, which I hadn't. I obviously knew, but I didn't think it affected me. Anyway, on the radio, one of my ushers actually. Rob Partridge was now a DS for Welsh cycling and he comes on the radio sweeping left. Now I don't know about you, but sweeping left to me is no brakes, Just go into it, you know, throw it in and, you know, shoot out. Anyway, I'm halfway through the corner and I just see these barriers and I'm just like, Oh sh- sugar, <laughs> like this isn't going to end well. Braked a little, even slid then and i was just thinking oh, uh, trying to get around it hit the last basically the last um barrier almost 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 it. saved it yeah but didn't ended up on my ass remember just stood up and the car came around the corner and i was just like throwing my arms in the air you know like <laughs> that emoji where they're like you know got it was quite italian up. actually it was very italian actually yeah yeah that's the european in me now and i was just like <laughs> bloody hell and oh it just cracked me a bit, but. Yeah, and I got back on and did what I could. But yeah, unfortunately, um, Fred beat me by two seconds to the silver medal, and Rowan Dennis won by about 28 seconds. So uh, it's one of them where I'm just like, you know, my brake lever was at 90 degrees. So the very next corner, actually, I go to pull my brakes, obviously get the the left one, which is uh, my front brake, and then I go to pull the right. And I'm just like, shit, I've got no brakes. Like, my brake has fallen off. And I look down and I'm like, oh, actually, no, it's around there. So, you know, <laughs> an unusual grip to be braking. I don't know where it'd fallen off to, you know, there's all wires and stuff yeah. for, for brakes. But anyway, um, yeah, I managed to just sort of put that to the back of my mind, crack on. Ended up as with bronze, so at least I got a medal, but yeah, not the one I was looking for because I really wanted to,
1: to win that, really. There seemed to be a point halfway around that TT where you were sort of signaling to the team car and watching on TV, it wasn't quite clear if you were like, listen, I need a brand new bike or actually it's too late for a brand new bike.
0: Yeah so it was nothing to do with my bike actually I was trying to tell them to give me more info on the radio Um, because I had a two way radio I could speak but it wasn't working they they weren't hearing me so I was trying to do a bit of sign language just like giving it like a circular motion towards my ear Mm. is that how you would describe that? I would yeah Uh, as in more give me more in my ear yeah whether it means
1: more I don't know if I'm in the car behind does that mean turn it up? yeah turn it down?
0: yeah well well, everyone's a critic, Tom. How, <laughs> how, how, would you, how would
1: you signal to the car behind? Give me
0: more info on this corner.
1: I think I would point directly in my ear and then I'd use my index finger to point up as if to say more. Oh, I'd say that's, yeah, that's volume though, that, isn't it? Actually, that probably is volume, yeah.
0: yeah. Maybe Not so I'd easy, make this, is it, Tom? I would make
1: the, the universal <laughs> sign with your oh. hand of chatting where you have a flat hand and you move your thumb underneath to sort of go chat, chat, chat. Yeah. Then I would do that in my ear as if I was a ventriloquist yeah that is a yeah yeah so for next time chat more point yeah up, chat
0: yeah <laughs> next time then but
1: anyway yeah so
0: it was an eventful tt i've had a lot of eventful tts this year you have yeah um so yeah but i've i've got over it you know I, the way i got over it was like oh, i'd rather have won swiss and thirds in the tour and not had yeah. too much bad luck there and add it in there in commies and the other two yeah but yeah anyway after that was, um, so I'll give you a quick run through of what I've done since. Yes, please. So basically after that, I had a slightly easy week, went to Abdues on the weekend and uh, took my father-in-law up there because it was a Christmas or birthday present, I can't remember which, because he wanted to ride up there after I went up there in 2018. eighteen. had been delayed a few years because of COVID. We turn up, I've got a puncher, so I need to rent a bike with him and uh, turn up at this shop and they're just looking at me a bit like. You Is look it? familiar. Yeah, like, <laughs> y- you want to rent a bike? I was like, yeah, but it has to be this Pinarello. Like, they're thinking I'm just some diva now, like, <laughs> demanding a Pinarello. Um, it was a clapped-out Pinarello as was well. It? Like, oh, mate, it's like, this one from 1992 that we're going to race up better. tomorrow was better, Nick. It was just like, you know, massive wide handlebars, bars, just totally demolished, really. But Could it, you not
1: have fixed the puncture on your other Pinarello? Well, I was
0: tubeless, and... Um, no, it, stops at that. it was a tuber, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was a bike shop that fixed it for me, but that day I had to do it with Ave because he was basically crapping himself and wanted to enjoy his holidays. We <laughs> so wanted to do it the first day. So I just rented a bike instead. They fixed the puncher and then I rode it the next day. Then that's what happened. Okay. So yeah, I'm on this, you know crappy Pinarello, along with ave and we right start riding up and he started at a decent pace to be fair he wanted to go
1: under two hours just to put that into context when you won in 2018 it took how long from the bottom 41 minutes yeah, okay and then this year it took 39 oh yeah because in 2018 so you
0: had that little sort of chill out didn't you when nibbly crashed yeah and yeah we just stopped for yeah. a bit i wanted to keep going but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so start rising up there. He's riding a decent pace. And then these people are riding past, just looking at me like, you know, just double taking like, yeah. is that? And then they're looking at my bike, looking at me, looking how slow I'm going. I think a lot of people were a bit baffled really. And you know, towards the top, they normally have those photographer there that's taking photos. Yeah. And uh, he's looking at me like, he goes to take a photo. <laughs> and then he's just like, and I stopped then to wait for Ave And uh, then they start asking me, Garen Thomas. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, ah, oh. then all these people just seem to turn out of nowhere. I don't know where they came from doing all these photos anyway and uh but yeah oh, bless him he was actually no not bless him it was funny as it was <laughs> funny <laughs> he was he had a 34 chain ring and a 34 sprocket okay and he made that look heavy did he it was basically it was uh yeah towards the top he completely like blew his load really the last sort of 45 minutes he was struggling and um saw beth my mother-in-law and max were in the car so they drove down, met us, and then they basically stopped every sort of K, K and a half to cheer him on. So I was stopping with them, waiting. They'd cheer him on. I'd leave, catch him up, ride with him for a couple of minutes, then go off and stop with Sar again, cheer them on, just basically doing that all the way up. And it's quite hard to ride that slow, Tom. <laughs> Tell me like, about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but he eventually did it. He was a bit disappointed because he wanted to go into two hours, as I said. And
1: What was his official time 203 I think it was oh, on Strava so close.
0: but um, to be fair I think he did have COVID a couple of days later so that's his excuse this is what he's been saying yeah. and he wants to go back and, and that's what he says now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, but no just to ride up it though you know I think is a decent enough effort I've got to say that I don't really mean it <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> you sent us a picture of Ave at the top yeah. and um, it was an image that spoke of total exhaustion like the head was slumped, the eyes had gone. Yeah. His hand was sort of almost reflexively covering up a very personal part as if he was just sore where a yeah, man... body was, language. Yeah, he was, he was very defensive. Yeah. Although he was wearing his uh, proudly sporting his GTCC kit, he was, which was a lovely touch. He was. And I kind of could relate to
0: how he was feeling because he didn't really want to drink too much. And after a real hard race, especially like a one-day race when you've had caffeine and you're not a bit hungry... Last thing you really want is a beer, so um, he was completely nailed. To be fair, I'm at altitude and stuff as well, so that probably didn't help. But uh, but the next ride, then the next day, I went out with John McAvoy, who we've had on the pod. So that was that was really good. But apparently, he had had food poisoning the night before, so he wasn't feeling the best. But um, yeah, it was good to finally go out for a ride with him as well. He showed me a few local roads and stuff, reminisced about because we went a couple of years ago. We went down Alpujarras. Like, there's one further than the actual village you keep climbing and then you do a right and you drop down basically and then do the ways again we did it twice one year in the tour and we went up the way we came
1: down and yeah just reminiscing with him had a good chat making plans and all that that's nice that was one of my favourite episodes of, of series 2 that one with John McAvoy definitely worth going back and listening to if you haven't heard it already because his story is remarkable isn't it fair play um,
0: so i just give you a quick re-
1: run you keep through going. what I did after. yeah yeah sorry I'm going to I've had a gym. Ma- I'm gonna keep talking You've also it. made notes, which is a first. So let's yeah, let's I'm let's thinking hear the series
0: notes. three. I'm gonna take it up a level. <laughs> I'm gonna make notes anyway, But I like to write it down. None of this the phone just I don't know, I can't do it. It's a not a the old school, I think. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I went from Alpha Wells, straight to Denmark. I had to leave at six in the morning, drive to Geneva, flew to Denmark. Oh, and as I said, like a you know, a few easy days, bit of drinking with the family. I thought I had COVID. I was like, I must have COVID. I felt <laughs> That's Absolutely <slow>. Dreadful. <laughs> but um Turns out I didn't doing tests every day, but uh, Denmark was actually quite nice, although it was really long stages like 230k stage one of the Whoa, days. Oh, old school, there was a gravel stage. So I, I don't know why races want to put gravel in it now. Like, we've got gravel racing, uh, this is road racing.
1: Like, every race tries to make it a bit more. I think, I think it's the tour organizers doing the equivalent of a, a middle aged man wearing a very tight pair of jeans, <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to be something they're not. Yeah, it's just like. But anyway, it was. It turns out
0: like we were. The thought of it was worse. Like once we got into it, we we're like, right, we'll just take control. We'd be at the front, be aggressive, be there, out of trouble. And it was good then. We were there and actually enjoyed that race. Magnus Sheffield. We should try and get him on the pod. Actually, Definitely. young British, yeah. uh, British, American guy, super talented. He ends up second, lost the lead on the final stage. But um, so that was a good week. Had a bit of a break after that. Parents came out here. Um, realized my dad actually can't swim. You know, as a kid, oh. you
1: think... How did you find out? Well, no, he,
0: he can He can survive. He can bob. Yeah. He he can avoid drowning, <laughs> but he can't I'm <laughs> not swim. sure that's technically swimming. <laughs> but, like, as a kid, you know, like, I remember just, I don't know, trips, like, holidays, sorry. Me, my brother, Alan, and my dad. And you're playing in the pool, aren't you? And you're just getting yeah. your dad in all the time and just assume...
1: Climbing on their shoulders, jumping off.
0: yeah. And then here, I was like, oh, he actually is a really bad swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well done for getting through those holidays without drowning, Dad. But um, So, yeah, that was a good time. And then went from there to Canada. Oh, Not much to say about that. Horrific. Let's move on from that. After a little break, you know, it was terrible getting Nothing started in the legs. again. for No, and just like…
1: Those are good races as well, those two races, aren't they?
0: They are if you're good. Yeah. And I wasn't good. I did my bit, you know, always got stuck in for the boys and tried to help, but it was just like, this is, this isn't good. Anyway, um, that sounded like Max, that cough. It could be Max. Yeah. Anyway, Max has we'll arrived. We'll see. But, um, so anyway, come back from Canada, was sick, missed about a week of training, did 20 hours in about two weeks where I normally do over 20 in one. So not the best prep for Croatia, turn up thinking, oh, I'll be all right. You know, Croatia, blue skies, nice roads well, along the coast. Anything but. Oh, first stage, absolute massive thunderstorm. I was thinking, they've got to stop this stage. Just looking at the boy, the boy, the, the guy next to me like, we're going to stop? I don't want to say it, but we should stop. <laughs> yeah. right, this, is, this isn't great. But then, you know, it was hailing and that, but after five minutes, it was all right. It was just heavy rain. One thing that happened, Jonas Vingergaard won stage three. I'm getting sent all these tweets. Wingergaard, number of, after their first Tour de France win number of days until they've won the next race
1: right so this is stitched you right up hasn't it yeah
0: so apparently it was the quickest since Brad because Brad obviously went to the Olympics and won the TT so we did it about a week and a half later I think the very next race he won Bingergaard was three days and they're (laughs) saying how I was the worst since Brad because I was like a hundred odd days and I was just thinking bunch of knobheads (laughs) at least I won the tour you jeepers but yeah so um, I was the worst I was the worst out of, of me, Nibali, everyone, but hmm. Pogaccia. But they're all good riders, aren't they? Like, I, mean I'm, the I'm, I wasn't ashamed. But I was just a bit annoyed at everyone telling me, trying to make out I was shit. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Like, I was, oh, that's what Wh- Twitter, that's why I avoid where it. Where were these design. tweets coming from? Were they coming from Denmark?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't really look into it too much. I just avoided it. And I was like, what am I doing looking at Twitter? Do you but, think um, he
1: got a better reception in Copenhagen than you got in Cardiff?
0: I don't like to compare. Tom. I'd like to be happy in my own little bubble, yeah. you know.
1: I don't to... It's it's a good idea cuz I mean Copenhagen went nuts. Yeah, but, I'm but not Wales, saying Cardiff we, didn't, we split but it
0: though. We did split it. I yeah. was in the Senate, couldn't couldn't see any uh well, concrete then. It was pretty it was pretty full, I would say. And then we went to the castle and that was manic as well, so I'm happy with the my Welsh reception. <laughs> I I I don't want to um compare my um happiness to other people's success and all that. Well, it's...
1: Tom, I'm... I'm, Yeah. It's like comparing your wedding day to someone else's, isn't it? You know, your day was the best possible day for you and that's all that matters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, um, no, so fair play to him to, like, you know... Yeah.
0: I think the other thing with most of those guys as well, they're just, apart from Brad, everyone's since are natural GC riders. Yeah. Whereas me and Brad just aren't. Yeah. Um, Plus, we got a bit of that British sort of... um, Enjoy this. Yeah. The culture of Britain about, you know, getting drunk and stuff and just enjoying <laughs> enjoying life that way yeah. which is a bit different to the most but now fair play for him for doing that but oh one other thing that i gotta mention was um after the stage the last stage uh we hit the we took it it was a finishing circuit six kilometer circuit did two laps and this finishing circuit was horrific like there was tram lines going the same way that we were racing Ugh. someone said they put little socks in or filled it in the gas so i don't think they did to be honest it was just like it was mental we were on the pavement and stuff you know and um and the organizer is actually the general manager of bahrain which is which baffled me but anyway going off subject here but um yes that's what i was gonna say <laughs> so we we hit the circuit first i mean we have to do the first sort of lap and half i swing out you know the race goes ahead wins winner wins viviani won our teammate and uh i was riding past jumbo guys i said like, oh congrats guys you know good job and then i saw him again i was riding past again i said it again anyway I get to the bus and rod was like oh that was a turn up wasn't it i was like what do you mean He's like oh uh, moritz from bahrain got second so took the overall by one second uh, i was like oh shit so i've been congratulating all these ju- jumbo guys for winning and doing well they actually lost it by a second on the last day <laughs> <laughs> so they're
1: probably thinking your massive bellend is such in. a prick
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> he's really rubbing it in like telling us well done for screwing it up but um to be fair there's nothing they could have done though because yeah marich is a lot quicker but i don't really know what happened but um sorry jumbo
1: for that yeah i think you're blameless in all, all of that g and i would also um as we start talking about the other great event in the world of cycling since you and i last spoke the world's we also need to give you some credit for getting, as a guest, on Series 2, Zoe Baxted. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, that was great to see, obviously, being Welsh. Three
0: dis- different disciplines, world champion this year as well. Cross, track, and road anti TT this year. And the way she won the road race, just 10k or so into it. Yeah. Just
1: rides off. See you later. Stays away, yeah. So fair play. She's got some out of her career in front of her. And it was, it was quite a big week for the Welsh because Josh Tarling did the business in the men's junior time trial as well didn't he
0: yeah yeah and he's coming to our team next year so um yeah looking
1: forward to to meeting him i haven't actually met him haven't never yet? spoke to him but i've heard he's a good lad so, what's yeah. what's your approach when you get a young rider in in the team like that who look he's welsh he likes riding time trials he may have you on some sort of podium do you, do you go friendly do you stay a little bit aloof oh no i go full on like old school like clean my shoes <laughs> do you
0: <laughs> no <laughs> earn your, your spurs son I should I might do that actually just yeah. try it out on Josh yeah the first time I meet him I'm like oh mate I've got some washing do you mind doing it
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell tell the Swannies get everyone involved in it <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes the women's road race was a remarkable race as well wasn't it because if you'd seen the time trial and you'd seen what had happened to Meek van Vluten you would have said there is absolutely no chance that she's taking part in the road race let alone been there at the sticky end. She had a fractured elbow, which meant she couldn't sprint. And when you watch that last kilometre, she does the only thing that you could possibly do if you can't get out of the saddle and sprint. Yeah, that was
0: quality. She basically did what I tried to do in the commie games. Yeah. But her teammates didn't chase her down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um now fair play, like she'd had the hell of a year. One tour de France, the Volta, Giro, a load of one days, and then the worlds, as you say, with a fractured elbow, like what can you say? Incredible.
1: We've got to just try and get her on the pod, haven't we? For we'll, sure. We'll get her, her on the pod and we definitely, if you can pull it off, we need to get Remco, Ave Napoleon, on because when Pog was winning his first two tours, there was almost this sense, because Remco obviously had that big crash, that but when he came back from his crash, he had a difficult Giro. There was almost this sense that, oh, he wasn't quite delivering as the other great young promise of his generation. And then this year, he's basically, anyone who criticised him last year has been made to look a massive idiot. Yeah, just unbelievable. Like, um, he didn't win Tour Swiss, though, did he? Uh, who won that one? I have to
0: bring that up with him, I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, no, unbelievable. Like, to win the Worlds by two and a half minutes as well, it's just, it's sick. It makes me sick. Um,
1: but fair play to him. Unbelievable talent. Best of this generation, for sure, by far we've had a question from Sue Kinder which is um, around this topic Sue asks um, the age for young cyclists going straight into senior races is going down and the age of retirement which is a good topic for us to get into seems to be going up Sue's talking about Valverde obviously just retired Philippe Gilbert Visconti so why are we seeing this G why are we seeing riders coming in younger but also riders staying later
0: Uh, I think It'll be interesting to see what happens in, say, 10, 15 years' time to see if these guys coming in young still go that long because, yeah, it's it's crazy, really. There is definitely a big obsession with young guys at the moment and a lot of guys, that's definitely Max laughing there, <laughs> <laughs> there's um, a lot of young guys sort of coming through straight from juniors. But with the old guys, I think this, the old guys have always kind of been similar, as in there's been people retiring at that age. I remember Jens Voigt was like 41, 42 so, I think that's always kind of been a thing. But I think obviously this year it's been, it's stood out more because Valverde is, you know, the Palmaras, the races he's won. He's, um, yeah, you know, very well known and to be still performing at 41 or whatever he is. Also nibbly. So, um, yeah, I keep, I, you know, I've said it a lot, but the age for me is kind of just like, it's all in the head. Like, I still love racing, still love training. And to me, like, if I'm, you know, 36, 38, or. 22 doesn't matter you know it's just i enjoy racing my bike and you still sacrifice and it's all about the sacrifices if you can still commit and do everything right then you'll still be as good as you can so
1: so the uh, the bar owner of the bar we're in uh here g just popped in a little bit of music um for the other customers who are coming in now that the afternoon is turning into the evening talking of afternoons turning into evenings you are at that stage of your career where you can see the end but you don't necessarily need to embrace the end so what's what's the thinking at the moment you've got one more year on your current contract so at the moment if you just stick with that you're retiring at the end of 2023 but is there a little bit of wriggle room first mate great segue into that <laughs> thank you tell
0: you're a pro uh, oh, there is yeah but just got to chat with the team aren't we and, and see what they're thinking um and what's your thinking? Does, out it, there? Does, it, does it does it depend on what the team lets you do uh Oh, it's a whole bunch of things really, isn't it? It's just uh, where they see the team going because obviously it's a lot. I've had a lot of young guys, a lot of experienced guys that left this year. How they see the team developing and what they want see my role in that, I guess, really. And But as I said, I still really love racing and training and doing the hard work. It's the, mo- the main thing for me is the, the family as well, you know, back home. So what happens there? But yeah, it's one of, it's, we'll see, we'll see.
1: Okay, so you're definitely going to do one more year. Have you got any idea at this stage what that year might entail? You obviously had your third place at the Tour this year. Is it going to be a Tour focused 1? Or is Dave be sort of looking at a returning Egan to do the Tour and you're going to get the option of maybe doing the Giro? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, um, I have to speak with the team over the next couple of weeks, really,
0: see what they're thinking. But I quite like the Giro because the Giro is well, it's great, isn't it? The passion there. A massively unfinished business for you as well. It is, yeah. So it would be nice to go there in just good shape and just, you know, maybe not GC or win a stage or, or if I'm feeling good, go for GC. I don't know, but that's an option. But this year, what I enjoyed was doing a few different races. Some I'd never done before. Some I'd only done once or twice. So just keep mixing up a bit. Keep, keep the body guessing, you know?
1: The World Championships next year are in Scotland and they finish with Circuits of Glasgow, which is bringing back memories of the Commonwealth Road Race in 2014. You going up and down the hills in the rain, a late puncher when it all seems to be going wrong, and glory in the end. Any thoughts about that as a little potential natural bookend to things? Oh, I'd definitely
0: love to do them. Um, but the British cycling mentality, I don't know. Maybe they won't want one week. We we're getting of- a team. Well, yeah, maybe they, you know, Olympics-based. Or you're not going to be part of the Olympics. Like we want to give so and so a chance. But if I feel like I'm in the shape to to win a medal, then hopefully they'll select me. But got to get in that shape first, and then. But yeah, I'd love to go there. You know, the TT would be great to do the road race as
1: well. And it's in the UK, isn't it? A Worlds in the UK is great. One more thought about your future, G. We've had a question from Darren Jarman um, because we've heard you talk about potentially training for an Ironman when your career comes to an end. Darren has signed up for Ironman in September 2023. It's 10 years since he last did one. He's hoping you'll be in the same race. I guess that might be a little bit too soon, maybe September 24.
0: Yeah, even if I stop next year, that's still a bit soon to just jump into an Ironman.
1: That's a lot of swimming and a lot of running.
0: Yeah, my, my thinking was this off season, I'd start doing a little bit of running. I haven't done one yet. Um, you until know, our I, 5k yeah <laughs> until our 5k but I was thinking like you know start doing 15, 20, 30 minute runs so then by the time I get to I've retired I can actually start training properly I'm a bit more used to it but yeah as I say I haven't even done one yet so uh, but yeah I can't wait I'm definitely going to do an Ironman 100% it's something uh,
1: I've always wanted to do so there you go Darren so do your Ironman in September 2023 enjoy every second and then come back September 2024 you might see Garrett in there Tom, we've got a new sponsor for season three and I think we're all going to benefit from this one. Yeah, we know how much you all love coffee, especially on a bike ride. So we've only gone and partnered up with Origin Coffee. Not only that, but we've got you a very chunky discount too. Not a bad start to the season from our chairperson. Yeah, gee, I'm on it from the word go, you know that. A little bit about Origin Coffee then. So they're pioneers in sourcing and roasting some of the highest quality specialty coffee on the market today. In fact, they launch a new coffee every week. Right, so how are we getting our hands on this to taste then, G? Well, I've already done that for you. I've tried
0: Resolute. I would describe it as chocolate, stone fruit, bit of caramel.
1: Have you just read that off the label?
0: Yeah, but I did choose it because
1: it's no nonsense. It's just a classic proper coffee, you know? If you want to try Origin Coffee, just like G, you can get 30% off all coffee and pods by going to origincoffee.co.uk and using the code GTCC30 at checkout. All online orders are roasted and shipped the same day, and they have a rewards programme so customers can earn points and get cash back every time they shop online. That's code GTCC30
0: at checkout. Go and get yours today. Enjoy.
1: Tom, Zwift are back for their third season sponsoring the GTCC. Which means our Wednesday 6pm group rides continue.
0: Exactly. Just hop on your trainer, open up the Zwift app, and join the group ride. You get to ride alongside us, all our club members, and wear the in-game GTCC jersey. And if you're new to Zwift, just go to Zwift.com to start your free trial today. During this season of the pod, we're going to be walking you through all the new stuff we've been trying out on the app. Just think of us as your testing team. So, Chairman Tom,
1: what have you been trying this week? Well, gee, Zwift have revamped Pace Partners This means the app is now full of never-ending group rides outside the already packed calendar. There are 16 pace partners in every world riding at different speeds and wattages. Right, so for those wondering what on earth I'm talking about, they're basically a rolling meeting point. So you get the feeling of riding with people without a group ride. Jump into a world, find a virtual pacer and cling onto them. Now, I've used this after finishing a race on Zwift to do my cool down, but you could use it as a workout and pick a faster wattage to give yourself a wheel to follow. Or why not use it as a warm up for a Wednesday GTCC ride?
0: See you all on Wednesday then. Right, Tom, it's the first episode of the season, so any other business is probably going to be a bit light on the ground as you're just getting into gear. So I'm
1: sure the only thing you're thinking at the moment is where are we going drinking tonight? I am definitely thinking about that. We're in your hands, Garrett, But I'm always professional as the chairman. So um, we do have some shout outs for our incredible club members who've been so dedicated to the club over the summer and have helped spread the love. First of these is a massive thank you to Chris Gams for not only organising outdoor rides in Surrey, but also organising our GTCC rides and ride leaders throughout the whole of the summer. Massive shout-out to everyone who's volunteered to lead one. We really, really appreciate it. And in the absence of Garant and me, it's amazing to still see everyone meeting up each week. Yeah, fair play. Big
0: shout-out to Paul Felton, who rocked the GTCC jersey in Mallorca and has been busy organising group rides in Worcestershire. Also, shout-out to Fiona and Pierre Mundell, who've organised multiple... Herefordshire GTCC rides and to everyone who went along to enjoy and support. Midlands crew excelling here Tom. They even did a very special and thoughtful ride on the Queen's funeral. Andrew Parks has been leading the charge in
1: Nottinghamshire too so cheers Andrew. I'm going to shout out uh, Richard Thorpe who took his GTCC jersey right to the summit of Mont Ventoux and also Wendy Thomas who also made it right to the top, that's an amazing ride to do. Andy Pearson went up the Col de Soleil, Richard Thorpe was spotting repping in Gordes and well done to Mike Hornby. So Mike got back on his bike last month, that was the first time he's been out on a bike since a nasty crash 14 months ago and he chose to rep the GTCC Well, he did that. So, Mike, thank you. Congratulations. Great to hear you're back on the bike. And we hope the recovery continues. Luke Richards took a more casual
0: approach and donned the GTCC T-shirts to wander around Lanzarote. Alfie Jones was spotted on the Lletley cycle path. Paul Stobbs took his kit to tour Scotland. And if anyone is listening in the USA... And up for
1: connecting, get in touch with Ben Bryant on the Facebook group. Gee, did you bump into a guy called Frank Beecher? Because he's the guy who wrote our alternative theme music. Did you bump into at uh, the Montreal Grand Prix in Canada? I did. I did now you mentioned it. It was before the start. And I was
0: like signing some random autographs with people. And he said, Oh, gee, I did the music for your podcast. I was kind of taken aback at first, because you know you're just in that yeah. signing mood. I was like, Oh, oh yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks. And then I was kind of a bit like can't chat, sorry. <laughs> I need to go race. <laughs> to go do so, my yeah. job.
1: Sorry about that, mate. But uh, yeah, no, good job with that. Thanks. Well, we know there were so many of you out in force supporting G this summer. So thank you to every single one of you. Big things coming this season on the GTCC. So hopefully we'll get to meet some more of you in person. Bye for now. Cheers, Tom. That was the Garrett Thomas Cycling Club. Thanks to club secretary Louise Gawilliam, heads of music Emma Hickman and Frank Beecher, Head of Social, Archie Biltcliffe, and our Honorary President, Mike Carr. But most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.